count on one thing. The same God who never failed will not fail me now. He won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Yes, I Breathless, in awe and 
Brothers and sisters, what an amazing God we serve, amen? And His amazing presence is in the house today. Whenever we gather together in His name, He promises us that He is in our midst. That wonderful glow that we feel in the Spirit, that's Jesus, brothers and sisters. Let's just acknowledge Him today with a big hand clap of praise and honor. And maybe a hallelujah too, amen? Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you for your manifest presence, not only in the house of God, but in our hearts. The Bible says we should bless the Lord with all our soul. When you think about all that he's done for you, you should bless him. You should thank him, not just for what he did, but because of who he is. Amen. The Bible says he forgave you of all your iniquities, healed you. Who here has been healed? Almost every hand in the house. Healed us from all of our diseases. He's redeemed our life from destruction and crowned us with his loving kindness, his tender mercy. He's an amazing God. He's a good God. Amen. 
One more time. I just want to praise him one more time. You do what you want. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, brothers and sisters. He said, come boldly before the throne of grace where we can obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our times of need. I'm in need, brothers and sisters. I'm in need. And only God can satisfy the needs of my life. How about you? Dear Heavenly Father, we bow our heads humbly. We are a needy people. We've gathered here today to God to praise you, to honor you, to worship you. For you alone are worthy of our praise. But not only that, dear God, we need a touch from you today. We're here to touch the hem of your garment. Thank you, dear God, for loving us, for protecting us, for keeping us safe from all hurt, harm, and danger this week. You gave your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. Your word says they bared us up in their hands so that we would not dash our foot against the stones of life's adversity. You have protected us, Lord. For we thought it was just maybe luck or happenstance, but that was your divine presence, angels, that we are here today. And we just want to say thank you. We want to be the one in ten that comes back and says, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we ask that you bless the service today, all that goes on. May it, in the beauty, may it be in the beauty of holiness. May it please you, dear God. Lord, we want to put a smile on your face. And everything we say, think, and do. The psalmist said, let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be pleasant, be acceptable in thy sight, dear God, not our sight, in thy sight. For you, Lord, are our strength and our redeemer. Father, we ask that you bless our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. Bless those in Ukraine, dear God. Help those poor people, Lord, for what they're going through. Turn the tide, dear God, as you've done so many times in the Bible, and give them the victory, Lord. We ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you'll bless the people down in Kentucky, those over on the West Coast. So many weather circumstances going on are just devastating the people of this land. Lord, we humble ourselves and we lift up our hands and cry unto you. I pray that others will join in the fast that we're doing right now in this church and ask God to bring the rains where they need it and to stem the flow of the waters where it is too much. Only you can do that, O oh God. Lord, we ask that you will bless Pastor Roger today and Pastor Bill as they leave this service. And Father, bless everybody who thought it not robbery to be here today to turn on their internet, on their computer, and enjoy this wonderful service, to be in your manifest presence. Father God, this and all blessings I ask humbly in the mighty, magnificent name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In his name alone we pray, amen. And when you say amen, please. And God bless you. You may be seated. Hey, everyone. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. We are just a few weeks away from our 2022 Community Day on Sunday, September 11th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The day will include music, inflatables, food, games, and fun. 
Our volunteer turnout for last year's Community Day was very strong, and we will need an army of workers to make this happen. You can sign up to volunteer by going to ctcde.church events. CTC Scouting Ministry is one way we help people experience God's life-changing love. Scout Troop 902 just returned from Camp Olmsted in Goshen, Virginia from July 24th to 30th, where 27 young men and women and six adults, including Pastor Roger, camp for the week. Scout Camp provides fun, learning, and mentoring relationships so that young people mature into trustworthy, helpful, and reverent adults. Christ the Cornerstone is proud of all our scouts and leaders. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. so good to see you today and it's so good to be in God's house. Amen. Amen. For those who are in the room and for those who are joining us online, we're so glad that you're here. Um, today, I ask that you look on your table if you're seated in the room and if you're online that you click the connect card. But it looks like this if you're in the room. On the front it says welcome, also says love, serve, and engage. And on the back it says connect. The important thing about the Connect card, besides letting us know you're here, it gives you the opportunity to write down a prayer request or a praise report. And that's really important because throughout the week we meet and pray over your prayer concerns and we thank God for your praise reports. So please, if you're online, also don't don't miss the opportunity to let us know how we can pray for you by clicking the Connect tab or the Prayer Request tab. Also, on your table, if you're seated in the room or in the bench, chair, chair, got it, it. (laughs) (laughs) you will find a, a card that says message notes. You have the opportunity to also use message notes if you're online. When Pastor preaches this morning, I'm sure that he will say something that you will want to remember. So don't forget to memorialize it here on the message notes card. Also, if this is your first time here and you're in the room, after worship is over and you walk through the doors, you'll find to your left a welcome center. Please stop in so that we may give you a small gift and welcome you appropriately and let you know how glad we are that you're here with us. If you're new here and you're online, please click the New Here tab um, and fill out the information requested. A member of the Family Care Ministry, which is under the leadership of Pastor Vaughn, We'll reach out to you during the week and we'll give you an extra special welcome. Thank you, Fran. You reminded me of, uh, of, a, of, of a boss that I had at one time who w- wouldn't give uh, clear, well, his instructions were clear, but sometimes uh, he wanted to be very passive and kind in it. So he wouldn't tell us to do something. He would put it like you put it on the, on the, the note card. You will want to do da 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 da, and you just kind of felt that little dig there. You will want to take notes from my messages, 
And the, right, right, there it is. And and the, my favorite thing on that little card that's that's at, at the bottom of it, my favorite question is at the bottom, and I think that's the most important one. It says, what will you do in response to this message? If you're here, take that. That's the most important question because we're here to become and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Disciples do what Jesus teaches us to do. So that, that what are we going to do about this question is extremely important. Well, good morning. Good to see all of you here this morning. Thank you for joining us online. And all these things that Fran goes through every time we gather together are so important, so I hope that you'll do them. I also want to invite you uh, also to, uh, again, join our fasting season. Pastor Vaughn mentioned it in his prayer earlier. On the table, there are these little cards that you can, if you haven't already signed up to join our fast, you can fill this card out online. There's a uh, link that you can click right now that uh, you can fill out a little form to let us know that you're fasting. And uh, I'm so grateful. Um, On the tables also is this little card and on the chairs, um, Fran stumbled over the word bentu. And that comes from her traditional church that she right grew up in where they had bunches, benches, we call them pews. We just got chairs here, but it's hard to get some of that language out, out of our system. But I want you to take this home, whether you're choosing to join us in the fast or not, take this home just as a reminder that this is a season for us to fast and it kind of tells you about what we're praying for in this fast and why we're doing it. So take this card home. You can also use this little QR code that's on it. Uh, scan that with your smartphone and it'll take you to the form where you can let us know that you're fasting with us. And I, I'll be sending you text messages periodically throughout the fast to encourage you and give you some, uh, hopefully, uh, information about the fast. And finally, we, we want to practice our generosity that, that we constantly talk about, but that is an act of faith. And uh, we have these principles that we follow. We want to encourage each other. We're on principle number two. Let's read this together, would you please? We give sacrificially and not simply from a surplus. It's pretty clear. And here's a scripture that goes along with that. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. And I encourage you to do that as you give, to give sacrificially, but also give with a joyful heart as the Lord asks us to do. Let's continue worshiping God this morning. I invite you, if you're in the room, to stand with us as we, as the team returns and we sing praises and we sing about God, we sing to God. I'm going to ask you to stand if you're able and let's, I'll offer this prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this opportunity to gather together as your people None of us is alone, whether we're online, whether we're in the room, whether we're in our car, whether we're someplace, maybe at the beach, God, just uh, listening to you. Thank you for your beautiful creation that you give to us. Come, Holy Spirit. Come inhabit the praises of your people, whether they be lifted up here or any place else, God. We need your presence. We need to know that you're here. We need your instruction. And we need your power. So thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. God is mighty. Amen. He is strong. He is powerful. He is able to do 
way above anything that we could imagine. Amen. The wind is watching every gesture of your hand. Waves of at your command. I know tomorrow when the pressure rushes in, you'll be there to rescue me
strong and mighty Lord. Strong and mighty Lord. That's who we serve today. A strong and mighty Lord who sits on the throne of heaven and reigns forever and ever and ever. But also, and here is the really cool thing about these two songs and how they go together, because yes, He is a mighty God who sits on a throne, but He is a loving God who's in this room right now. And He is a loving God who reaches out to us and calls us as His children because He is our Father. Lord, we thank You for that promise. We thank You, Lord, for the promise to never leave us and never forsake us. And so, God, we ask You today to remind us that we are Yours. And no matter where we are or where we have gone, we can run to You. Hallelujah. Long before. 
right where you are. You don't have to say it out loud if you don't want to, if you feel uncomfortable about that. But would you just, you know, all of us have earthly dads and and whatever kind of relationship we had or have had with them or have with them, we long to be able to go to them and say, hey, dad, I, I love you. We long to have that relationship. So Right where we're standing right now, can we just take a second in whatever way you want to do that? We just tell God how much, he, how much you love him and how much he means to you. Father, we want to thank you and praise you. Lord, we want to tell you how much we love you. We want to tell you how much that means to us, God. God, we live in a world that so many things compete for our attention. So many things compete for our energy and our effort. But God, the thing that that is most important for us is that relationship with you. So yes, you are the mighty God that is all-powerful. You can do miracles. You can do anything. You can set people free today. You can heal bodies today. You can raise people up today. But also, you are a loving God, a loving Father who is in this room with us, in this space with us right now. And that's where you want to be. And so, God, take us to that place where you are. Let us experience you and your love. To see that love firsthand and then to see your miracles. God, we just thank you. We pray for our pastor today as he comes to bring the message. We pray that your words would flow through him. That as our hearts are open, that we would receive. That you would move in this place today. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated.
pants back in the 80s. <laughs> I, feel like I, I feel like that's the, the, the beginning music of a movie like, uh, what did I say last night? The uh, Mod Squad <laughs> television show. Sounds like that. Uh, throwback to that time. Well, good morning again. Saved people serve people. God has called each one of us to do something with our lives. He doesn't just save us for eternity, for heaven. He doesn't just pull us out of the muck and mire and place us on a good place. He saves us because He has a purpose for each one of us. And it is so important for us, whatever our age, to, to, to grab hold of some sense of the purpose, whether we're, whether we're children, whether we're teenagers, uh, young adults, middle-aged adults, older adults, whatever age we are, we have to be connected meaningfully with the why, the purpose that God has for us. And God absolutely has a purpose for each one of us. Because if we lose purpose in our life, we lose hope. We, we, we lose life. We're here for a reason. On February 3rd, I think it was 1942, during World War II, four Navy chaplains were aboard a ship. And this is going to sound like a joke as we begin, but it's not. <laughs> These four Navy chaplains, one was a Methodist, one was a Roman Catholic, one was a Jewish rabbi, and the fourth one was from the Reformed Church in America. They were all aboard uh, the U.S. transport ship called the Dorchester. And it carried 902 troops to battle in Europe. And as they crossed the Atlantic Ocean, they had to cross through what was known as Torpedo Alley because it was filled with Nazi submarines. And on February 3rd, at 3 o'clock in the morning, the ship was hit by a German torpedo, tore through, tore a hole through the hull of the ship. And you can read stories about it, and I think there's even a movie about it. But only, nine, but only 230 men and women survived of the 902 passengers that were aboard. As panic rushed over the passengers, the, these four chaplains assisted others instead of themselves getting into the lifeboats first. When the life vests ran out, these four chaplains gave up their vests to save others so that they could survive. The survivors that were floating in the, in the few uh, rescue boats that made it off the ship, they talk about the moment that the ship finally plunged into the ocean. And they could see these four chaplains. Everyone who could get off the boat was off the boat. And they saw these four chaplains locked arm in arm, faithfully confident in their future in eternity. These were servants. They were leaders sent to serve others. Jesus doesn't just call us out of our sin. He calls us to do something for the benefit of others. The series that we're entering today will call each of us to seriously consider our own skills, our own abilities, our own passions, our own spiritual gifts. Who has God created 
you to be? What has God equipped you to do? And how is the Holy Spirit taking that raw material that God has already placed in you and making it blossom and come alive? What is God doing in your life to make that purpose not just meaningful to you, but a source of God's salvation to other people? That's what God's calling us to do. It calls us to respond to God by giving ourselves in service because Jesus Christ came to serve and give Himself for us. So we're going to look at people out of the book of Acts through this. What? You're kidding. Well, we all know those are things that have to get done. Nope. Well, I guess i got to do them. Here, you preach for me. Just stay right here. Don't go anyplace. I've got to run out and take care of some things. I'll be right back. Oh my gosh, I can't believe all that stuff. I'm sorry to interrupt the message with that kind of stuff, but all those things have to get done around here, and God has called some of us to serve and to do them. God has given you lots of abilities to do all kinds of things. And uh, 
By the way, that sandwich that I made downstairs without any hairnet or out any mask and I didn't have any gloves, I ate that. I ate that one myself. That was my lunch that day. Serving others takes many forms and God has created us to do the simplest things and sometimes God has equipped us to do the complicated things. Some of you, God is calling you to give great amounts of time to help organize and plan and do things. But then some, God's calling some of you to simply, you know, shampoo the carpet or uh, empty the trash or swish a toilet. <laughs> These are the things that Jesus needs us to do, all of them. And it doesn't matter what age we are. And, and it may not just be here at the church. It might be at home. God is calling us to serve one another joyfully and with gratitude. Our mission here at Christ the Cornerstone is to love God and to love all people so that all people may experience the life-changing love of Jesus. We do that by looking at the life of Jesus and seeing what He did and how He did it. He came and He served people. Not just by dying on the cross and giving His life so that others may be reconciled with God. He healed. He provided. He listened. He cared for. And God is calling all of us to use whoever we are to be listening to the Holy Spirit in this. On the, car, on the table, you've got these cards that we've already talked about. And so take out this welcome card, if you would, please. And I said that the mission that we have, our main purpose that we have here at Christ the Cornerstone is to love God and to love all people so that all people may experience the life-changing love of Jesus. That's our way of repeating uh, the verse that, Je- that, that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 and 19. Jesus came and told His disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And because I have all that authority, both in heaven and the divine spaces and in these earthly places, go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We often leave off that last phrase, but in my mind, that's the most important thing. That we cannot accomplish what God wants us to do except that God is with us. Jesus Himself comes and is present in my life by our faith in Him. And He equips me and He empowers me to be able to do what He wants me to do. We have no other purpose than this. So we've got this card. How do we accomplish the mission that we are here to do? To love God and to love people so that all people may experience. What is our strategy as a church? Our strategy is right here on this card. Would you take that and let's read it together on the welcome side. It says, more than anything, we want you to experience three things at Christ the Cornerstone. And read these bullet points with me. Love. Experience God's love through faith in Jesus. Serve. Use your talents, abilities, and resources to serve God and 
others and engage. Interact with our neighbors so that they will also experience God's life-changing love. That's why we're here, and God calls us to do that. What is God calling you to do today, perhaps, or tomorrow, or Tuesday? We have no other purpose, we have no other business then others would experience the life-changing love of God, whether it's in this space. But God, we come here to encourage each other and to learn, and then God sends us out to serve. Now let's turn to Acts, uh, the book of Acts to see who God calls and how He empowers them to accomplish this task. If you want to follow along in the Bibles that we've got here, we're looking at page 905 in the Bibles that we've got here. Acts chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 8 first, and then we're going to jump to verse 15, and then read beyond that. But Jesus came, uh, and, and this, what we're going to read, part of what we're going to read this morning is before the Holy Spirit comes. And this Acts 1-8 establishes the reason for our series. And in it, Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I always pictured this as I've studied the book of Acts. I pictured, a, uh, imagine a, throwing a stone into, uh, into a pond. And you can see immediately the ripples coming out from that point. I always imagine that when I read these in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The message, the good news of God is for all people around the world. And we're not alone in doing that. And our, our mission and our purpose doesn't stop within these walls or it doesn't stop in your household. It goes outside your household into your neighborhood and your family and to others' families. But we can't do it without the power that comes from God. So on this occasion, the disciples were waiting for the power of God to come. But while they were waiting... They recognized that they needed help to do the things that they were doing, had been doing with Jesus. And at this point, Jesus has, has, has gone into heaven. He has ascended into heaven. But the Holy Spirit had not yet come. So let's go to Acts chapter 1, verse 15. And we read these words. While they were waiting... They had heard Jesus say, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and give you power. And it was during this time, about 120 believers were together in one place. Peter stood up and addressed them. And he said, brothers, the scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who guided those who arrested Jesus. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit speaking through King David. Judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. Now, Judas had bought a field with the money that he received for his treachery, and falling headfirst there, his body split open, spilling out his intestines. The news of his death spread to all the people of Jerusalem, and they gave the place an Aramaic name, Akadnema, which means field of blood. Peter continued, 
This was written in the book of Psalms where it says, Let his home become desolate with no one living in it. It also says, Let someone else take his position. So Peter says, Now we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us, whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and then Matthias. And then they all prayed, Lord, O oh Lord, you know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry. For he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. And then they cast lots. And Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other eleven. We keep reading. And then on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking another language as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. I wanted us to see the selection of a, of a replacement servant for Judas. And I also wanted us to see that God fulfilled His promise to fill His people with the Holy Spirit, to give them power to be able to do what they needed to do. There's little known about Matthias. This is really the only passage that gives us any information. But I want us to think about Matthias and, and who he was and what he did and how they came to select him. So there are three things that I want to talk about briefly. The first thing is, even though all these disciples, they were in the midst of their grief, they had no power because the Holy Spirit had not come upon them yet. But they did have the promise that Jesus said to them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when you receive that power, you will become my witnesses. Let me, let me say something about that power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we become first-hand witnesses to the power of God. And it is a, it is a first-hand experience. Just like if I was coming up on an accident at an intersection. And I was the first one there. I remember one day I was going uh, east on Route 40, crossing Route 72, Wrangell Hill Road at Fox Run. And, and I had pulled into the left turn lane to turn left onto 72 North. And just as I was approaching the intersection and slowing down for the red light that I had, I watched a car cross in front of me, that car turned left in the path of an oncoming car. The oncoming car hit the back end of the car that was right in front of me as it tried to get through, run the red light, obviously, and get through it, or they didn't see the other car coming. And his car spun and, and, and landed and stopped moving right in front of my car. So when my light turned green, I couldn't go anyplace. I looked at him. <laughs> he was not hurt. He was, 
He, he was his his car was damaged. Obviously, the, I think I don't know where the other car landed, but he was right in front of me. <laughs> I don't know if this is right or wrong. I saw that he was okay. I got out of my car, talked with him. I said, "Let's clear. Let's let's clear the intersection. Pull your car if you can over into the grass," which he was able to do, and he did. And I left the scene because I was trying to get home. He was okay. Somebody else, was that right? Somebody going to criticize me? Please be kind for leaving the scene. But I was a I, I was a first hand witness to that accident. When we experience the Holy Spirit in our lives, we become first hand witnesses to the power of God in our lives. It's not just something we heard somebody tell. It is that Jesus comes to us and is with us personally. Right here, right now. The selection of Matthias shows that even also through difficult times, we still are called to serve other people. I remember a time when my family was going through a difficult uh, financial situation. My dad was losing his business. And instead of declaring bankruptcy, which he did not want to do, he decided to sell the farm liquidate all of the assets to pay off the creditors. But he didn't know what he was going to do. I was 10 years old at the time. And all I cared about is, am I going to have a place to to sleep at night? Am I going to have food on my table? Is my family going to stay together? And that's really where a 10-year-old ought to be. Mom and Dad were worrying about these other things. And I'm thankful for Mom and Dad that they didn't pass on their worries to me. But as I've grown up over the years, I have thought about what mom and dad must have gone through as I personally went through difficult experiences. And I remember what mom and dad went through. And it encourages me. It was during this time, mom was part of a a ministry called Christian Women's Club. It was a national ministry, an evangelistic ministry to, to, to encourage women to come to faith in Jesus Christ. And their strategy was to to have a, have a dinner at a restaurant where women could invite other women from work or from their families. And there was a, there was a good dinner, there was a speaker, and there was a, an invitation to trust in Jesus Christ. And my mom was part of the leadership of that while my family was going through this tremendously difficult time. And mom knew that if she was going to do her job with Christian Women's Club, she would have to buy her meal at this restaurant. And she would have to leave her family in our house where she knew that the five or six dollars that she would pay for her meal could pay for almost the entire family's meal. So she had a choice to make. Do I stop serving the Lord and I don't go to this in order to save money for my family? Or do I do what Jesus has asked me to do and trust Him that if I spend the five or six dollars on this meal, He is going to take care of my family? She chose to do the latter. Because trusting God and being obedient to God was more important than figuring it out herself. And she wanted God to be present in our family. And I'm grateful for the way God provided for us. Yeah, it was embarrassing sometimes to be the ones who received a basket on our front porch, a basket full of food that we didn't know where it came from. We didn't ask for it, but we were thankful to get the food and the help. And the church people surrounded us and helped us through that time until we got to that new place that God had been preparing for us. 
we saw God's work in that process. Even through difficult times, God is still calling us to, to serve Him and to serve others and equips us to do that. Secondly, Matthias was selected as one of two people out of 120 people. Now imagine how the disciples must have felt after the betrayal of Jesus, Judas. They needed to replace Judas. But imagine if there, there was... <laughs> Let's say Chris is at the piano right now. We trust Chris to be at the piano. We trust Chris. So, sorry, Chris, to pick on you, but you're there. You can start playing. <laughs> we trust Chris. Let's say Chris embezzles money from the church, and we trust him. No, I mean, what? Start playing. Come on. <laughs> and, and Chris, and we, we trust him, but all of a sudden we discover that he has betrayed our trust. Thanks a lot, he says. He says, well, we love you, Chris. You're not going to do this. But if we come to... We, we, so, so Chris is no longer in a position. He's broken our trust. And he's no longer with us. We need to replace him. We're going to look for somebody that we can trust, aren't we? Can you imagine the disciples having been betrayed by Judas the way he was? they were? We need to find somebody. Judas was the treasurer among the disciples. He carried the money bag. When they went into a town and they needed to provide something for somebody, it was Judas that was holding their money. But all along, he was betraying their trust. So when they were coming to to find somebody to replace Judas, they were looking for somebody, one, who could take care of the money, two, He was trustworthy and he's not going to betray us again. They had 120 people there. They also required this person to to, uh, have been there to watch Jesus from his baptism all the way through his resurrection. And Judas and, uh, no, Matthias and Barsabbas were two men that met those qualifications out of 120. They've already been vetted. The people had already decided both of these men can do it, but we want God to choose. So I don't know why they chose to draw straws. It's the same thing as flipping a coin or rolling the dice. But we're going to give it up to God to make the final selection. We've already done our best to decide. We've found two men who are capable of doing this. And so they found some sticks of straw. One was short, one was long. Imagine Peter putting them both in his hand so that they were, you could see the, both, the tips of both of those straws equally. And he said to, let's say he said to Thomas, here Thomas, draw a straw. And the long one is for, for Sabbath, and the short one is for Matthias. And he picked the straw that was for Matthias. And they rejoiced. I imagine that even Barsabbas rejoiced, maybe because he didn't have to carry the responsibility. But they weren't in competition with each other. Just any, any more than you and I are in competition to who gets to do what job in the church. We're not competing against each other. We're working together so that all people can experience the life-changing love of Jesus. The third thing is the disciples needed to make that their decision was of God. So they did this straw thing. 
I'm asking you in this series, what are your gifts? What are your abilities? There are times, there was a time in the church when Judas, when the, when the church, the body of Christ needed to find somebody. And, and the, the church called upon Barsabbas and Matthias. And there are times when the church still calls upon you. Will you do this for us? Will you give of your time to do a task? Will you help lead a small group if you have that ability to do that? Will you help trim the trees or whatever? Will you knock on doors as we go around and and share the good news of Christ? Is that what Jesus is calling you to do? We each need to experience the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And He equips us to do the work that He wants us to do. It would, be, it, would, it would be beautiful from my perspective if I didn't have to call anybody or any of our staff didn't have to call on anybody to do anything. But we had a list of people who were quickly telling us, hey, I can do this. Give me a call. You heard us about, you heard the call for, for volunteers to help out with um, Community Day. Why are we doing Community Day? We're doing Community Day to invite people to come to Christ. To come to our campus. People come into this space and they say, God's love is here. They feel it. And that's what we want to do with Community Day. So maybe in response to this message today, you'll get online, you'll go to our website, you'll find the word events, you'll click the word events, and you'll find Community Day, and you'll click the link that says sign up here, and you'll find, oh, I can stand at a bounce and, and watch the kids go through so that make sure nobody gets hurt. I can, I can help clean up afterward because there are other people that are coming early and they're tired, and so, yeah, I'll be there afterward to help clean up and put things away. What, what is it that God's calling you to do so that we can accomplish the mission that Jesus has for us? As we take communion this morning in a few minutes, we remember the sacrifice, the service that Jesus gives to us. That's leadership. Leadership is serving others. And when Jesus calls us to lead others, it is not a prestigious place of service. It is a place of great responsibility so that others may experience the life-changing love of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love that you give to us. Thank you for equipping each one of us. Whether we're, we're a child, you still give us things that we can do to, to serve you and to serve others. As teenagers, Lord, we're thinking about, Lord, what am I supposed to do with the rest of my life? We enter into college, and, and many of us, God, go to college studying a, a particular subject. But then when we get out, we think, well, how do I use this? What do I do with this? And many of us, God, end up doing things that are so different than what we studied. It's okay. Help us follow your way. Help us open ourselves to your holy presence, your Holy Spirit. Help each one of us, whether we're online or, or here today, say to you this kind of prayer, Jesus I know that you've called me out of sin, out of the mire and the muck of this world, but you've called me to go into and maybe God to to go reach out and grab the hand of somebody who's stuck in the power of sin and call them out of it through trusting in Jesus. Maybe there's somebody here today who has never made that decision to trust in Jesus 
for forgiveness and eternal life. And Jesus, we need you to come. Make it a first-hand experience of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. I want us to say together the Apostles' Creed. And if you're here in the room, I invite you to stand with me as we, uh, as we recite these ancient words together that Christians have been saying for thousands of years together. If you're online, I think you'll see the words, and I invite you to join us as we prepare to receive this sacrament this morning. Let's say this Apostles' Creed together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. And on the third day He rose again, and He ascended into heaven. And He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. And let's pray together the prayer that our Lord teaches us to pray together. Words are on the screen if you need them. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us all our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask your Holy Spirit to fall upon us right now, to fall into the homes, to fall upon the ears of anyone who is listening wherever they are to us today. That as we receive this sacrament, this simple bread and juice, that they may be for us your very and real presence in our lives. Let it be a first-hand experience that we may be transformed for you, called, strengthened, and empowered to serve you in whatever way you want. We give ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to take the cup and the, the bread that's before you. I have gluten-free here. If you would like gluten-free, just lift your hand. Debbie will come around and and give you the gluten-free. If you're new to this, just peel a little clear plastic part off the top of it to expose the little wafer that's underneath it. And then pull back the foil to expose the grape juice that's beneath that. We remember that Jesus said to his disciples that night, he took the bread, he broke the bread, he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Every time you eat this, remember what I have done for you. Let's take and eat and be thankful. And when the supper was over, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks to his disciples, and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Every time you drink this, remember what I have done for you and be grateful. So let's take and drink and remember what Christ has done.
we use the word remember. And I think it's important to remember that this word in the ancient language isn't the kind of memory that says, oh, I put my keys on the shelf and I'm going to go take them off. It's not that simple. This is a much more complex word for remember. It's the kind of remembering that I, dis- that I used when I described in my message what my mother and father went through probably 60 years ago. No, not that long. 40 years ago. <laughs> no, 50 years ago. And as I describe their experiences when I was 10 years old, that experience becomes a present reality in my life. I said to you that I remember what mom and dad went through as an adult. And it encourages me and it guides me as a dad, as a husband, as a leader. And I need to remember what mom and dad went through in order to strengthen me to deal with what I've got to do today. That's the kind of remembrance that we just did with this. It brings Jesus, who acted on our behalf thousands of years ago, it makes it a present reality in your life today. And you become a first-hand witness to what Jesus is doing for you. Let's continue to pray as we conclude the service and we sing. And I invite you to come to the platform. If you need to say anything to God, come here and and kneel and pray and say, Lord, come fill me with your presence. Show me what you want me to do with my life. Help me serve you in a way that you want me to do. Or maybe if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you're, 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 you're floundering in that life and you just need to come and say, Jesus, I need you to pull me out of the muck and mire. And I trust you to do that. Come and be present with me. Let's pray together as we sing together. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, God. Thank you, Lord, that you're here with us. We thank you for the cross. There's a place where mercy reigns and never
God, we owe our very lives to you. We owe our salvation to you thanks to your death and resurrection. God, we thank you that you have gifted us to be able to serve, to serve your people, to serve your kingdom, to serve one another. The greatest example of service ever, Jesus, the Son of God, left his throne and came and gave his life for us. The scripture says, greater love has no one, has no man, than he who would lay down his life for his brothers. God and his son Jesus did that for us. On that night that Jesus was betrayed and they sat around and took those, the bread and the cup for the first time, Again, in the ultimate act of service, Jesus wrapped a towel around his waist and washed people's feet. Now that is the job that the newest of the new servants, lowest on the totem pole, if you're the newest servant in the house, that's your job. You're washing people's feet. We've got a bunch of people coming over tonight. You're washing their feet. Jesus, who had every right to be raised on the highest throne made himself as an example lowest on the totem pole so that he could relate to us and so father we rejoice today in the fact that you gave your life for us and that you are alive now and forevermore and you have purchased eternal life for us So, God, we pray that you would encourage us as we leave today by your Holy Spirit. Lord, encourage us to seek those things that you have gifted us with and how we can use them in your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. If you still need prayer, the uh, front area is still open. There are still folks at the prayer stations. There are still folks online uh, ready to pray with you. Don't leave this room or don't sign off online this morning uh, until you have somebody pray with you if that's what you need. God bless you. Have a great week.